Blog Talk Radio. Score 
for the just for the third quarter, and at the end of three, you had a score of eleven to seven, which is very, you know, possible to come back from. Four goal lead in one quarter is no problem whatsoever. But then the wheels fell off, the truck stopped, it broke down, the engine blew up. You you know, use any kind of metaphor you, you want. Everything just exploded. Because when the fourth quarter started, Minnesota Swarm came right out and scored the next three goals within the first four minutes, and they scored four of the next five in the first six and a half minutes. And that basically put the game away. They went on a three-goal run. Then they alternated goals with the Wings. The next three goals were Wings, Swarm, Wings, and then it was five out of the next seven, again, by the Minnesota Swarm, where they put up a 20 spot um, for a final score, like I said, 20 to 11. Um, Leading the way for the Minnesota Swarm, was Jordan McIntosh with four goals and also 17 loose balls. Um, Ryan Benesh had two goals and four assists. Dan Ball just had two loose balls. Uh, Kyle Matisse, two goals, five assists. Josh Gillum, one goal, six assists. And Callum Crawford, who is right now the captain of the Minnesota Swarm, with four goals and three assists. The loose ball matchup was even, 71 apiece. So you can't say that they out, you know, the loose balls or anything like that. Um, they just got off to a slow start. Minnesota just came right on out and just started peppering Angus in the net. And that's what I said that they would do. They were going to rush the net. They were going to fire a lot of rubber on him to see what he can handle and, you know, what he can do. As I said on my show Tuesday night and on uh, the flight zone on the Maryland Sports Insider, during practice, he was corralling those rebounds. He wasn't allowing second, third, and fourth opportunities. Last night, that's all he allowed. It just seemed like every shot was going off his leg. He wasn't able to corral a rebound. It would hit the net, the, the mesh in his, in his stick, it would shoot right back out. It would hit the post and shoot right back out to one of the, you know, one of the opposing players. It just... Yeah, it went that way. But as I said earlier, um, a lot of people out there in social media and people that watch the game have all said the same thing to me. Agnes was hung out to dry on a majority of those goals. It just seemed like that the defense just wasn't there at some point. Some of these guys were just left wide open. Yeah, I'll get to the – I guess you could say I try to get to the bottom of it on Tuesday night on my Wings Nest show when – Brett Manning joins me on on Tuesday night to find out what in the world happened in that game. Now, on the wing side, leading the way there, if you want to say leading the way, uh, Kevin Crowley had three goals and two assists. Brendan Mundorf, in his first game back of the season, two goals and two assists and five loose balls. So very a, a good productive game for Mundorf. And his shot has just gotten a lot stronger and a lot harder. Um, so look for Mundorf to just keep on improving on that. Um, former Swarm Kevin Ross returned to the floor that he'd been playing on for most of his career. One goal and six assists against his former team. I know he would trade that in and everything else he's got this year for a win last night. So, as I said, wings fall 20-11. to 11. This was the one chance for them to take a step closer to clinching a playoff spot. On the flip side of this, the Toronto Rock basically blew out the Buffalo Bandits. Um, the final score was 18-12, to 12, but don't let that fool you. This, the score, the game was a lot more of a runaway than what the score shows. Um, they pulled Nick Rose after, you know, after the game was well in hand, and they put in uh, Zach Boychuk, the backup goalie for, for Toronto. Now, Toronto won one game. If they win tonight, they now travel to Rochester. They are 5-1 and one on the road. So by looking at it on paper, it's very easy to say Toronto's going to win this game. 
So let's just go with the fact of Toronto wins tonight over the, over the Nighthawks. Toronto will then clinch at least one home playoff game, at least one, with a victory tonight. Now, you look at it with the Wings, should the Wings lose tonight? Put that with a Toronto Rock win tonight, if that's what happens, Toronto Rock will be the NLL East champions. So the Eastern playoffs will have to go through Toronto. So a Toronto win and a Wings loss tonight, the Eastern Conference playoffs will go through the ACC Center in Toronto, Canada. Like I said, so you're looking at a Rochester win, they clinch at least one home playoff game. A win and a Wings loss, they clinch the East. A Wings win tonight, they won't clinch a playoff spot. It'll bring them closer to a spot where they would just have to win one more game uh, with a a victory tonight. Um, A loss tonight will will bring them tied with the Minnesota Swarm to a point where this is where they may be hitting the panic button, where they may be one of those three or four teams fighting for that seventh seventh and eighth playoff spot right now. Um, One silver lining for the Wings fans is, like I said, with the Buffalo Bandits losing – the Bandits still stayed a game behind the Wings, but in reality it's two games because the Wings hold the tiebreaker. So for Buffalo to get a spot over the Philadelphia Wings, they need to beat them outright in the standings. So that's, if you can take any consolation, Wings fans, um, I'm trying hard to take that as a consolation, but that's at least one, one bright side. Now, they need to come out tonight against Colorado. Brandon Miller will be back in net. No doubt, you know, starting starting in net, um, obviously very well rested, so he should be be on the the tip top of his game. Um, hopefully, the Wings have put this game behind them, forgotten about it, and they get they get down to business tonight. And in that game, they're facing a totally different Colorado Mammoth team. You're looking at a Mammoth team now that has Casey Powell out there on offense. You're also looking at a team that now has a starting goaltender in Ty Bellinger, who has a record of 2-1 and one right now. now. Obviously, the first two games he won were against the Buffalo Bandits. And the game, and then he had the one game that he lost against, uh, I believe it was against Calgary. Um, so you don't know what, you know what else he can do. And he hasn't faced anybody... You know, anybody else, he's faced basically two teams so far. But this kid is on his game. He is very sharp. He is very quick. So, again, the Wings need to pepper the ball in there, get inside, get him thinking, you know, to go one way or the other. Because if not, um, the Colorado Mammoth will definitely light up the Wings just the way Minnesota did because once they start scoring and they they get their confidence built out, it could be trouble, especially after the Wings played last night. So that game's tonight at 9 o'clock. As I stated, the other game is the Toronto Rock and the Rochester Nighthawks. Um, Last night, as I said, Toronto defeated Buffalo. Um, I'm going to stand corrected. The final score was actually 18-11. to it was a close game, just like the Wings game. At, at the half, Toronto was only up by one, seven to six. In the third quarter, they outscored Buffalo seven to nothing. So that's what did the Buffalo Bandits in right there. Um, yeah, seven goal, seven goal third period is <laughs> kind of hard to come, you know, really come back from. So that put them up by by eight goals right there. Uh, so that's where. You know, like I said, everything was just you know taken apart, and you know, Toronto just basically ran away with the game. Um, Anthony Cosmo was pulled again, played only a total of 35 minutes, just over 35 minutes of the game. 
um, allowing 11 goals on 38 shots. And then Curtis Wager came in, played the final 24 and a half minutes, allowing seven goals on 15 shots. Um, Nick Rose played basically the whole game, played 56 minutes and 54 seconds, um, stopping 31 of 41 shots to get the win. And Zach Boychuk faced four shots, stopping three of them. So that's where you get, you know, when you have you know, a goalie like Nick Rose in there, and if you could chase a goaltender like Anthony Cosmo out of the net and go to their backup and get Buffalo in their heels, this is what's going to happen. For the Toronto Rock, Colin Doyle, three goals, four assists. Uh, Rob Heller with a hat-trick. Garrett Billings, one goal, six assists. Stefan LeBlanc, two goals and three assists. And Casey Beers with four goals and an assist. For the Buffalo Bandits, uh, with 11 goals, nobody had above two. Uh, John Tavares, two goals, two assists. Glenn Bryan with two goals. And Dane Smith with two goals. That was it. Um, Mark Steinhaus, one goal, two assists. That's it. Aaron Wilson, nothing. Zero goals, zero assists. Luke Wiles, zero goals, zero assists. Eight penalty minutes. He's not Luke is not scoring like he like he used to. Um, so that's where you know the teams are winning. They're stopping these you know these players. Uh, Sean Williams, a goal and an assist. That's it. So they're not getting the three four goals from. Aaron Wilson, Steinhouse, uh, John Tavares, Luke Wiles, Sean Williams, you know, players of, of that nature. They're getting one goal here, one goal there. So that's what has Buffalo where they are right now. Loose ball matchup was basically even 75-73 to 73 in favor of the Buffalo Bandits. So again, the Toronto Rock defeats the Buffalo Bandits by a final score of 18-11. to 11. They drove one game closer to not only clinching at least one home game, but also one more game closer to clinching the NLL Eastern Conference, where the playoffs in the East would have to go through the ACC Center in Toronto, Canada. Tonight, Toronto faces the Rochester Nighthawks. Um, this game in Rochester it is they're, they're calling it Patio Tool Night. He gets inducted into the Rochester Hall of Fame. Um, a very distinct honor um, for a guy like Pat O'Toole, who I got to know throughout his career, um, just going up there, watching the games and what have you. He is uh, – I, 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 I can't really even find the words. He is a first-class first player and a first-class human being. I mean, this isn't taking away from any of the other players in the in the league, past, present, and future. But Patty just has, you know, he has that smile on his face. You know, if the game's bad, okay, yeah, you know it, but he's not taking it out on the fans. He knows why, you know, why this league is going the way it is. It's because of the fans. The fans are driving these players to, to, to play and, you know, just with the attendance. So Patty gets it. He knows what it's about. Um, you know, so I, I couldn't be happier happier for him to being put into the Rochester Nighthawk um, Hall of Fame. Um, a quick story about Patty O'Toole. Um, back when Ethan Iannucci was a rookie for the Philadelphia Wings, we had a road trip up in Rochester, and we had, you know, a suite up there. You know, a bunch of us got, you know, got the suite, and this was a two-game road trip. We were first in Toronto, and then we came back over the border to Rochester. Well, unlike anybody else, you would stop at the duty-free shop. So everybody that was of age loaded up on what they could get as far as beer and alcohol, any type of hard liquor. Jack Daniels, Southern Comfort, whatever, you know, whatever was there. So we had the suite. The game was over. Rochester obviously beat us. And I just remember 
patio tool walking into the suite, and when you first walked in, there was about seven, eight tables that had the food on it, and then along the whole entire wall of the suite was nothing but empty beer cases with empty bottles being put back in there. And we had, I believe it was about two two or three of the soda machines that you see in the store that you could just open up and grab a soda out of. They were filled with beer, and they were getting emptied by the second. Well, Patio Tool came in. He wanted to know what was going on. We told him he was no stranger to the Crew Hawk parties or the Wings parties when they, you know, when the Wings fans came up there. And he noticed that we were running low on food, and we kind of told him we already ordered. We ordered from I mean, this is going back years ago. I, you know, I can't remember the name of the pizza place, but he said, "No, don't worry about that. Cancel that order." He picked up, and grabbed his cell phone, called one of his friends at work at a pizza place. Within 20 minutes, income 10 pizzas. Pepperoni, sausage, cheese, whatever, all on patty. Just had them delivered to us, and before you know it, some of the players are up there, and just you know, just just a constant, you know, I guess a gentleman, first class guy. So as I said, I couldn't be more happier for a person than I am for for Pat O'Toole to be inducted in the Nighthawk Hall of Fame, and I know the fans of Rochester will give him the ovation, and the praise that he deserves. So, Patty, congratulations. Um, wish you all the best in the, in the Rochester Hall of Fame. Like I said, I couldn't think of, 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 a, of a better person to, to, to be in, in, in that, have that honor. Now, getting into the game, Rochester is hosting the Toronto Rock. This is a game that the Rochester Nighthawks desperately need because right now they are sitting in last place in the NLL East and they are only basically you say inches away from being in the basement of the entire league and as one um, lacrosse article put it this could be a year that Rochester goes from champs to chumps but you got six games left in the season. Once you make it to the playoffs, then it's a different story. Okay, I'm going to stand corrected. After last night's game, Buffalo is now in the basement. They are sitting at five and eight. Rochester is at four and six. They're a half game behind the Philadelphia Wings. A Rochester win tonight and a Wings loss. It drops the wings to third and moves Rochester up to second. I mean, yeah, Rochester can be five and six and be in second place. That's how how the, the NLL East is right now. And then next weekend, Rochester has a matchup with the Philadelphia Wings. But this game is where Toronto really needs to come out because, like I said, they're sitting at four and six. Bands are at five and eight. Bands could only the best the bands can do right now is eight and eight, but you also have the Minnesota Swarm now at five and seven, and the Colorado Mammoth at four and eight. So you see how how close everything is right now. Um, so what, with that being said, Washington can still clinch a playoff spot tonight by either defeating Calgary or the Wings defeating the Colorado Mammoth. So a Mammoth loss and Washington is in. A Washington win, and they're in. So basically, Washington Washington can control their own destiny. Because here's how the standings are going into tonight's game. You have the Toronto Rocket 9-4, and four, and they will play the Rochester Nighthawks at 7.30 at the Blue Cross Arena. Philadelphia Wings are at 5-6, and six, three games out. They are facing the Colorado Mammoth at the Pepsi Center. That game time is at 9 p.m. Then you have the Rochester Nighthawks sitting third at 4-6. and six. And as I said, they will face the Toronto Rock. And the Buffalo Bands are at 5-8, and eight, and they are not playing anymore this weekend. They are done the week until, until, I believe, next, week, next weekend that they play. In the NLL West... The Edmonton Rush are the only team that has a bye this week, and we'll get to them very shortly. 
They're sitting on top at 8-5. and five. They have a half-game lead over the Calgary Roughnecks, who are at 7-5, and five, and the Washington Stealth at 7-5. and five. So the winner of tonight's Calgary and Washington game will be in a tie with the Edmonton Rush for first place in the NLL West. These same two teams, Calgary and Washington, will face each other next week in Calgary. This weekend they're in Washington. They're in Everett, Washington. Next week they will go to Calgary. So next two weekends, that's that, that's who they're playing. So that's Bates could decide second, third, or even even first place, depending on what the Edmonton Rush do. Then you got the Minnesota Swarm at five and seven. They are not playing anymore this weekend. And then the Colorado Mammoth, who will face the Wings tonight at nine o'clock at four and eight. The Minnesota Swarm and the Colorado Mammoth will face each other the last two weeks of the season. April 13th and April 20th, they have basically a home-and-home game, home-and-home series. First, they they will play, um, I believe the 13th will be in Colorado, and then the 20th will be in Minnesota. So right right there, those teams only being a game separated by a game right now, that could decide that last playoff spot as well, or a playoff spot for one of them, with the way you know the standings are right now in the league. Now let's get to the Edmonton Rush and last week's games. Three games were on, were on the schedule last week. You had first you had the Edmonton Rush facing the Buffalo Bandits. That was on Saturday night. You also had the Calgary Roughnecks going up against the Colorado Mammoth. And then you had the Edmonton Rush going up against the Toronto Rock on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Now, for those that listened last week, you know you heard me go on and say about how I would much rather see the Edmonton Rush play the Toronto Rock at 100%. In other words, have that game on Friday night. Let that be the first game. Because they're, they're both, at the time, the hottest teams in the league as of last week. Well, that has changed. The Edmonton Rush went into the first Niagara Center against Buffalo on Saturday night and just controlled the whole game from the beginning to the end, and they doubled up the, the Buffalo Bands by a score of 14-7. to seven. They opened up with a 6-2 to two margin at the end of the first quarter and just took it on from there. And you go to Saturday, the other game on Saturday night, Calgary Roughnecks and the Colorado Mammoth. Another game that went to overtime. And none other than the superhero himself, as he has been you know, placed with, with, with this moniker, Superman Curtis Dixon did it again. Not only did he get the game-tying goal, he also got the go-ahead goal at the time before Colorado tied it tied it up at 11. So he got the game tied at 10, gave his team, the Calgary Roughnecks, the lead at 11-10. Colorado tied it up. 21 seconds into overtime, he comes through again. So he gets the game-tying goal, the go-ahead goal, and then the winning goal in overtime to put Calgary up 12-11 to 11 and to win that game. That was a very big game that they needed because Calgary was running hot and cold. They didn't know which way is up, which way is down. So this could look like that they're slowly getting back, back on track right now, which is what they need to do to have their playoff push go. We get to Sunday's game, Edmonton against Toronto. I'm thinking... This is going to be a tough game. Don't know what you know what Edmonton has left in the tank. Well, they proved me wrong. Another six to two first quarter for Edmonton. So they outscored their opponents in the first quarter in both games by a count of twelve to four. That's just against the team of the Buffalo Bandits and the Toronto Rock. You say that to somebody, they're going to think that you've been drinking most of the night. You, you would never see anything like that, especially on the road. 
in in the other team's barns, they did this. So Edmonton just, like I said, they controlled the rest of the game, and they went on to a 17 to 12 victory. With that, they outscored their opponents by kind of 31 to 19 over the weekend. They vaulted themselves from number three in the power rankings up to the number one spot right now. They also now have a seven and one road record for the 2013 season. Their last three games they have now are at home, but the seven and one road record is a franchise best for the Edmonton Rush, and it's all because of Mark Matthews. He's only a handful of goals away from breaking John Grant's record, John Grant Jr.'s record of goals by by a rookie at 38. So no doubt that will be shattered. And as I said before, can you put, can you say in the same breath, Mark Matthews, candidate for most valuable player of the league, can you put him in that category? I I, I would love to hear from people on that. Um, Hit me up on Twitter at Wings Fanatic. I'm probably going to put a poll up there for that. Do you know? What, do you think that he is he is capable of being the league's most valuable player this year? Yeah, John Grant has his seventy plus points, which is evenly distributed between the goals and the assists. But look at what Mark Matthews has done for this Edmonton Rush team. He's going to break, obviously, the rookie record for goals. I I don't see him losing the rookie of the year. He's taken a team, yes, they were only 30 minutes away from winning the, the Champions Cup last year, but they had a below 500 record. Now the Edmonton Rush are sitting up there with eight wins at eight and five, seven and one on the road. They're one and four at home, but a lot of teams are doing bad at home this season. But they have three games upcoming where you can start getting things right back on track, and who knows? The Western Conference playoffs may be going through Edmonton, Alberta. We may be looking at an all-Canadian championship. We could see a rematch, Edmonton and Rochester. We don't know what we're going to see this year with the way this season is going right now. So Edmonton is the hottest team right now in the NLL, and they have a bye week this weekend. The rest of the schedule... As I said tonight, you got Toronto visiting Rochester at 7:30 for Patty O'Toole night. He gets inducted into the Rochester Hall of Fame. So if you're going to the game or have plans on getting there, get there early for the ceremony and give Pat the. I, I don't want to use the word send off, but give him the ovation, the the cheers, the. Um, you know, and anything you want, just you know, for him. This, you know, he was one of one of the best goalies in the league when he played, and he, he deserves everything that he's getting right now. So you're going to go to the game, go there, um, and watch one of the all-time greats between the pipes get inducted to the Rochester Night Hall Hall of Fame. And our other game tonight is. You have the, like I said, the Philadelphia Wings playing up in the, at the Pepsi Center, excuse me, in Denver, Colorado. That's at nine o'clock, where they face Colorado Mammoth. Then at ten o'clock, the Calgary Roughnecks will visit the Washington Stealth. So, a Stealth win, and they clinch a playoff. A Wings win over the Mammoth, the Stealth will clinch a playoff. A Toronto Rock win, and they will clinch at least one home playoff game, a Rock win and a Wings loss gives the NLL East to the Toronto Rock and the Eastern playoffs going through Toronto, Canada. So that's where it stands there. Uh, A Rock win, Wings loss, Rochester wins the East. If the Rock win and the Wings win, Rochester at least clinches one home playoff game. The Wings can't clinch anything tonight. 
they can draw a little bit closer, but they can't clinch anything. Um, the Wings win, it obviously will clinch a playoff spot for the Washington stuff. Because a mammoth loss, and that's it. Washington is automatically in. And then if Washington wins, they're, they're going to be in, regardless of what, what happens anywhere else. So they're the games that are on tap tonight. We have three games tonight. You look at next week's schedule. We got six games next week. And they're all on Saturday, and two of them are on Sunday. And here's how they match up. I'll just go through the schedule real quick. On Saturday, April 6th at 6 p.m., note the time, 6 p.m. Saturday night, Wings will be in Rochester. That's going to be the deciding game in the season series. Who will hold that tiebreaker? Because each one wants the Wings won the last time in Rochester, breaking that streak of 13, 14-plus games that Rochester has defeated the Wings. So that game is April 6th at 6 p.m. Also, on Saturday night at 8 p.m., the Buffalo Bandits will face the Minnesota Swarm in Minnesota. Now, these two games are important because both the Wings and the Swarm will play the next day. So nobody has a night off. You go further down the line on Saturday at 9 p.m., you got the Colorado Mammoth will face the Edmonton Rush. That game that game is at 9 p.m. at the Rexall Place in Edmonton, Alberta. So you got Colorado facing Edmonton. There's there's a tough matchup for Colorado right there and equally as tough for Edmonton, but they will be at home. Then the other matchup, like I said, April 6th, you got Washington traveling to Calgary. That's going definitely to decide second and third, and maybe even first, depending on what the Rush do um, in their game, as they will both start at 9 p.m. So you will have the Washington Stealth playing at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome in Calgary at 9 p.m. Eastern. On Sunday, April 7th, the Toronto Rock are in action again, so they have a back-to-back weekend. They will travel to Toronto to face the Toronto Rock. So first you have the Wings tra- playing playing at Rochester. Rochester will be the home team hosting that game. And then on Sunday at 3 p.m. from the Air Canada Center in Toronto, Rochester Nighthawks and the Toronto Rock. That's at 3 p.m. Then at 4 p.m. on Sunday, you will have the Minnesota Swarm visiting the Philadelphia Wings. Uh, this game is a Jersey auction night, a throwback night for the um, for the jersey auctions. The money is going to go to the Chris Anderson Foundation um, for his two daughters Stevie and Clementine. So, Wing fans, come on out. Support the cause. Root your team on as they come back after this three-game road trip coming up. And, you know, this is the next to the last home game of the regular season. So, hopefully, you know, the Wings are on some kind of a you know, streak at that time, winning streak, where this game here could mean, hey, we clinch a home, you know, the Wings clinch a home playoff game. So get out wherever, wherever you may live, get out there, support, support your teams. You know, buy, buy the tickets, bring some fans in because this is a sport like like no other. Okay, I mean, and for people who are out there, they watch Sports Center and everything else. You know, you see the top plays every day. Well, the number one play last night was from the NLL, from the the Wings-Minnesota um, Swarm game, where Brett Manny basically dove across the crease to save a goal just before it went over the line. He got it out of there just in time. Um, so Google ESPN Top 10 for, for last night, and you'll, you'll see what I mean. So there are the games that are coming up within the next couple weeks. Like I said, it's going to be like this the rest of the way. All these teams that are matched up against each other, they will have some kind of effect on a playoff race, whether it's in their own division or whether it's in in the West or if it's you know West against East. It, it's going to have some type of an effect. 
Now, last week I promised the George Daniel interview. Ran out of time last week, but I promise you I will play it this week. We have 20 minutes for the end of the show. The interview is about 12 minutes long. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to step away. I'm going to play the interview that I had with Commissioner Daniel. This was following the Toronto Rock-Philadelphia Wings game a couple weeks ago. So sit back, enjoy it. We talk about the upcoming 18-game schedule, why this is ha- why this is happening, um, expansion, when, where, you know, what, what teams can we look for. And, yeah, we also talked just talked a little bit about possibility of doing a playoff um, setup of one playing eight, two playing seven, you know, kind of go back old school style. But when you hear Commissioner Daniel explain it, you understand why that really wouldn't work. So sit back, enjoy it. It's only about 12 minutes, and I'll be back as soon as this interview is over. This is Rocco Granada reporting for the In Lacrosse We Trust dot com and the Lacrosse Radio Network. With me, I have NL Commissioner George Daniel with me, who attended the game in where the Philadelphia Wings fell to the Toronto Rock this Saturday afternoon. Uh, Mr. Daniel, let me just ask you: uh, the fans have spoken. We've wanted more games, and now we're going to get more games. We're going to get 18 games now. Uh, what was the overall consensus for for, for, for actually doing this? Well, first and foremost, we did take a survey of the fans uh, to determine whether, obviously, they were interested in in, in having more games. And it was clear from the survey results by a very wide margin that there was certainly a demand for more games. That's first and foremost. Uh, We're very sensitive to that issue because, obviously, we just don't want to add. We're very sensitive to the fact of adding, just adding games for the sake of adding them and uh, very sensitive to uh, the price points and, and, and the consumer demand um, and, and how much our fans you know, really, how many, how many games they want to see in a year and season ticket prices and all those issues that are very sensitive. And um, So we want to be cautious in our approach. Um, the, the other piece of the puzzle is for us is that uh, from a business model standpoint, we determined that it would uh, be advantageous to be able to increase our revenues versus our fixed costs. We have a very unique business in the way this league's set up with part-time players and a lot of teams flying the players in on weekends. And so we have a lot of challenges other sports leagues just don't have. And it was as far as our expenses. And um, the number of games we have right now, uh, which has been 16, hasn't always worked for us in the best possible way in, in a lot of the markets we've been in, and I think that's been part of our problem over the last decade. So we're looking for ways that we can generate more revenue while still being obviously sensitive to, to our, our fans' appetite and demand for the product uh, and, and able to uh, you know, generate more revenue while, while overcoming some of our uh, fixed costs. So uh, there, were, there were a lot of... There were a lot of uh, factors involved. We took a lot of months to, to look at it, and uh, we came to the decision that um, you know 18 was the right number for us for 2014. Uh, we wanted to announce it now because uh, some of the teams are already engaged in the season ticket renewal process. So obviously, uh, to be fair to the fans, they need, they need to know, you know how many games they're buying and what the prices are and all that. So that's why we announced it when we did. Now, with this, with now there are going to be 18 games in the season. Um, we, we, next question is expansion. I know we don't want to go into too much of an expansion because a lot of times it gets, I guess you could say, watered down to where teams only last a year, two years, and then they fold. And everybody's saying the league is never going to catch on with all these teams coming in and folding right away. Um, with that being said, where, where are you looking at when we do try to expand Going to, I know there's been talk with Vancouver or somewhere up in Seattle. You know, it's, it's, it's really quality of ownership as much as anything, looking at the right ownership structure, looking at the, the, the building deal, um, looking at the market. There's a lot of factors. Yeah, Vancouver's a great market. We'd love to be in British Columbia. Um, we'd love to be you know, in Quebec where we had a, a preseason game as well. Eventually, there, there are other cities we'd love to be in. We'd love to be back in New York City. It's, a, it's the number one TV market in the country or somewhere in the metropolitan area. 
I think it's important at some point down the road. But we've got to get there with the right ownership group and the right building model. It does no good to just have a team and, as you said, put an owner in a bad situation where he can't succeed and then we're out of business in a couple of years. Nobody wants that. And so but we're, that's why you know, we haven't had a lot of expansion lately. We're, 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 we want to make sure we get it right. It's real important we get things right going forward. And so when we go back to Vancouver, when we go back to New York, when we go back to Pittsburgh or New England or any of these places that we really want to be in, we get it right. And so that's really what we're striving for. Um, all the Canadian markets are, I think, are crucial. And I think we've given the sport of box lacrosse is so familiar in Canada. I think we have a great launch, launching point in any, almost any major city we go to. I think the northeastern United States, you know, New England and, and, and New York area are, are key markets for us if we want to build some TV traction with the networks. Obviously, Philadelphia is a great market. It's a big TV market, but it'd be nice to have some more. And, um, you know, and then we'll go from there. You know, we'll go from there. I think the, the key isn't so much about location as it is quality of ownership. I think if you have the right kind of owner. And obviously, you know, we've got uh, nine great owners now. Uh, the three NHL-owned teams are uh, three of the more successful franchises in our league, and that's a good business model. You can't always get it in every city, and nor do we require it. But that's, that's always a model where you can get an NHL team or an NBA team or some kind of organization where there's already infrastructure in place. There's always something that we'll always look at very favorably, but that's not the only model. Uh, you know, the Wings aren't that model. They've been in business 27 years. Uh, Toronto is a great franchise. They've never had that model. So, you know, it's not a requirement, but, you know, it, it's, it's a variety of things. Now, going with 18 games, my, my whole thinking was when we dropped down to nine teams that you still have, you still have your East and West. But my thinking here is with the 19s, you're going to do 18 games. This would take away from some of the rivalries, you could say, where Philly plays Rochester three times, Buffalo three times, Toronto three times. Has it ever come across your desk, across your mind of, okay, 18 games, everybody plays each other yeah. at home I, and on the I, road, I, I, so I, the fans get to see from, everybody. From the competitive standpoint, from a fan standpoint, you know, I, I know that it would just seem to make all the sense in the world to do it that way. But I think the fans know this is a business. And, you know, the travel costs, the rivalry. I mean, you see the rivalry between, like, Buffalo and Rochester, Buffalo and Toronto. You see how the fans go back and forth. I mean, there's a reason why they play each other more than once. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to kid anybody. I mean, that, there's, that, that rivalry's good. And that, that you know, it, it, it helps. You know, it helps. When all those Buffalo fans come over to Rochester, those are the biggest crowds that Rochester will have all year. There's no denying it. And so, um... You know, I mean, that's important. You know, we're, it's a business first, and I think in a perfect world, it would make a lot of sense for the teams to all play each other home and home once. From a comp competition standpoint, I'm sure the fans like that. I, I know I would, too. Um, but, you know, we've got to deal with the, the reality of the business world, travel costs, logistics, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of things involved. So you're going to see more, you know, you're going to continue to see a lot of divisional play. Um, but, you know, as we evolve, as we add more teams and more cities, you know, we'll continue to have the variety. We're trying, you know, we're trying to mix it up. You may not see every team every year, but, you know, it was a long time before Colorado and Toronto had played, and now they're playing a home-and-home. Home. You know, so we've tried, or they've played, you know, recently more in the last couple of years. I should say home-and-home. Home. But they played a lot. They played last year. They played again this year. Um, this year, Toronto and Washington aren't playing, uh, but they played a lot the last couple of years. So we're trying to keep it alive, you know, keep it fresh. Uh, you know, Philly played Calgary this year. Last year they played Edmonton. So we're trying to get the variety. If you don't see everybody in one year, at least over a two-year period, you get to see everybody. Uh, which, if you look at the NFL, you know, they're not doing anymore now. And I realize they have 32 teams, and people in a, in a 19 league would expect to see everybody. But, you know, it is what it is. It's part of the business. It's done for business reasons. Um, you know, and that's and I don't see that changing with the expansion to 18 games. You might see a little more variety, though. And I'll be honest, some of it is also is, is, is quite frankly, is, is, is scheduling. I mean, there'll be a matchup that might say, well, why didn't we play this team instead of that team? And some of it's just because of availability of dates. There might be an odd matchup that you see fit in there that, well, you know, why is Calgary coming here? They're not really a rival. Or, you might think something like kind of out of the, it looks a little weird. But sometimes it's just because 
those are the what everybody else in the league's playing that night, and they're the only two teams that can dance together. Right. So, so sometimes it's there's all kinds of reasons. We do, as I think most of our fans know, we don't control our buildings. You know, we're the second or third tenant a lot of times in the building, and so our choice of dates is somewhat limited. So it's 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 a number of factors which go into it. But you know, at the end of the day, I think most of the fans appreciate the opportunity to come out and you know cheer whoever their team is. So. Now, my my last question for you. It has to do with the playoffs. It's great that, that we have that crossover now, where the fifth-place team in the West can take over the fourth-place team in the East. Now, a couple times we've had where the game, the championship game is in Washington. They don't, unfortunately, they don't draw a whole lot of of, of, of fans. My thinking, and I'm thinking of this as old-time NLL or MILL at the time, where once the playoffs are seeded, Seeds one and two are obviously the division winners, and you go with one playing eight, two playing seven, and you may have an all east matchup. Yeah, but, but I know you don't want to take I that mean, away from, from the yeah, West. Yeah, but I mean, but I mean, it's not even a west east thing. It's just you know, it's just it's more again, it's, it's from a business standpoint. We are the travel costs are expenses are part of it. If you're crossing over east west, it seems that the, the flight costs will go back that much higher. And so, like right now, if you stay in the east, you got a good chance. Somewhere in those Eastern matchups, you're going to get a Toronto, Buffalo, Rochester matchup. Somewhere right. among you have to, right? Yeah. So, so you know, the, the, you know the, the travel costs are are significant when you're buying airline tickets with a week, under a week notice. You know, and so you got to take that into account. That's so travel is a big issue, an expensive issue. Why we don't go cross over? That's one of the reasons. And we like the idea of champion of the East, champion of the West. You know, I mean, the team gets to be at least the champion of that side of the league. If you cross over, yeah, the regular season title is there, but they lose the playoff title. Like last year, you know, Edmonton got to say they won something. They won the Western playoff. And, you know, for a franchise like that, that was very important for them, that they won something. And they came also close. And they came also to winning it all, right? And they got a great team, and they they could win it all this year. But, you know, but they had never won anything. And now, if we'd have done the way you're proposing, they really couldn't say they won anything. They'd just been runner-up. Right, so at least they won something, and I think that's one of the reasons that we like to have that. That there's a regular season division champion, and there's a playoff champion, and you know that's important for the fans, the teams that okay, if they didn't win at all, at least they won something, and that's part of it. Travel costs are another part of it, but we've done that in the past, and I could see us, I could see us, uh, you know, maybe looking at that down the future, like a you know a, a total, you know. Um, Open tournament like that, one one through eight, two to seven, and down the line. I mean, it's certainly a possibility. Okay. Mr. Daniel, I want to thank you for taking thank the time. So much, I truly appreciate it. Anytime. Talk to you the rest of the year. Thank you. Okay. That was Commissioner George Daniel. Again, I want to thank him excuse me, for taking that time. Um, you know, it's a good 12 minutes. You know, by the time we got everything going, it's a good 15, 20 minutes that he you know, took out of his schedule to – Give me the interview. As, like, as I said, we talked about the 18, upcoming 18-game schedule for next season, uh, possible expansion cities, and you know where, where he sees the league going, and you know possible changes in playoff formats and, and what have you. Um, like I said, it, that, that's another. Um, not just you know, it's not he's commissioner of the league who is more than willing to give a few minutes of his time to the fans to talk to them to. You know, sit and have a, have a drink with them. You know, at, at post game parties and you know what have you. I mean, prior to the interview he did with me, he was you know just going around socializing uh, the entire Cure Insurance Club at the Wells Fargo Center, talking to to all the fans that were there. You know, somebody stopped and they asked him something, or just to thank him for keeping the league going, for giving us 18 games next year. Um, you know, he's more than happy to to talk to to everybody, pictures and, and what have you. And I've said this before, and this goes for all the players throughout the league. That That's what you get with the National Lacrosse League and even the Major Lacrosse League. You, you get that w- with these leagues. These guys have regular nine-to-five jobs. So you're, you're, you're going to have this. They, they know what the fans mean to this sport and what the fans want out of this sport. So, as I said, that was Commissioner George Daniel. I want to thank him again for that. Um, we have only about five minutes left in the show. So, real quick, go over the scores from last night and the upcoming games 
to end the last three games this, of of the schedule for this week. Uh, last night you had the Toronto Rock hosting the Buffalo Bandits. The Toronto Rock came out on top by a score of 18 to 11. The Minnesota Swarm hosted the Philadelphia Wings and defeated them big 20 to 11. Now tonight you have. The Toronto Rock playing at the Rochester Nighthawks. That game is at 7.30. Then you have the Philadelphia Wings traveling to Colorado to to, uh, face the Mammoth. That game is at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at the Pepsi Center. And then at 10 p.m. it will be the Calgary Roughnecks going to Everett, Washington to face the Washington Stealth. Now, all these games tonight can be viewed on the Lacrosse Network, courtesy of YouTube. So... Go to YouTube, type in the Lacrosse Network, and you can watch all three of these games tonight at some you know, some point in time. I mean, you have to do some kind of a split screen to do the 9 and 10 o'clock game that are out on the West Coast, but you know what I'm trying to say. You have all three of these games that are on online tonight, free of charge. So sit back, watch some very exciting lacrosse. As far as the playoff picture. As I said in the beginning of the show, the Toronto Rock, the Calgary Roughnecks, and the Edmonton Rush have all clinched a playoff spot. That can't be taken away, obviously. A couple things can happen tonight. A Toronto Rock win, and they clinch at least, at least one home playoff game. A Toronto Rock win and a Philadelphia Wings loss gives the Toronto Rock the NLL Eastern Division regular season title, where all the Eastern Conference games will go through Toronto for as long as they're in the playoffs. So a Rock win and a Wings loss, Toronto wins the East. A Rock win and a Wings win, the Rock would be guaranteed at least one home playoff game the Wings wouldn't be able to clinch anything right now by by winning tonight. They'll just move themselves a heck of a lot closer to clinching a playoff spot sometime next week. So the Wings need to win this game. Um, if they do not win the game and Rochester wins for some reason over Toronto, Rochester will vault over the Wings for second place. And Toronto, uh, Rochester will be in second and the Wings will drop to third. Um, now, also with a Wings win... That would mean Colorado obviously would have lost. That would clinch a playoff spot for the Stealth. And also, just a Stealth win would clinch a playoff spot for the Washington Stealth, a team that missed the playoffs last year. And as I said earlier, the Edmonton Rush are the only team that have a bye week this weekend. They now have a franchise best 7-1 and for a road record. Their last three games will be at home. Um, If you look at the standings, you see how close everything is in the league for the last five playoff spots. Everybody is is within a game to a game and a half of each other. So you may think your team's in there right now. Well, they should have it, no problem. And then before you know it, they're down to bottom. It's been like this the whole entire year, and it's been a very exciting ride. So we now start basically the last month of the season, the regular season ends on the 20th. Playoffs start the following week in April. So you got a few more weeks left to watch these games. It's going to be very exciting. That being said, I'm going to end the show. Um, tune back in here Tuesday night for the Wings Nest at 6 p.m. goes from 6 to 7. I'll have Brett Manny on and hopefully one one of the other players. Um, I'll try to get you know one of the players. I, don't have anybody set in stone. I put the word out and see who wants to come on. But Brett Manning will be at least one of the guests on the show, and we'll talk about last night's game and tonight's game with him on the Wings Nest. So with that being said, I'm going to sign off. My name is Rocco Granado. I thank you for listening into the NL Weekly Preview Show. And in the words of a good friend of mine, Jake Elliott, for the fastest game on two feet, I'll see you in the Wings Nest on Tuesday night. Have a great weekend, everybody.